All right, everybody, you asked for it. I'm giving it to you. Welcome back to I Hate the Internet podcast, a podcast where I and my sister talk about everything we love and hate off of on the internet. You guys have come to me and asked me to do part two of Harry and Meghan. So that is what I am going to do. I'm going to give you part two of Harry and Meghan's documentary on Netflix and my thoughts and my opinions and overview of everything that kind of happened. So that way, if you want to watch it, cool, you're going to see all what I've just talked about. But also, if you don't want to watch it, and you just want to be like, what happened? I'm happy to give those ideas and updates to you. This was um, a little bit darker than the first one. I think the first one was just trying to give you guys a synopsis and kind of like an explanation of like who we are, how we met, how we came here. And then the second part is let's basically show you the bullshit that especially Megan had to go through um, from the time they were married until now, until present time. And it is, um, I would say, a little bit more shocking, a little bit more dark. But nothing was so shocking that I was like, oh, wait a minute, what? Nothing like that really shocked me. (laughs) Everything that they said, I was like, uh, duh. Like, we already knew the institution was psychotic and crazy and full of men that just don't care and that they enabled a lot of things and that they set up a lot of things um, to work against Harry and Meghan. Uh, So nothing was, again, like outright, oh my God, I can't believe this is going on. But there are a couple things that were very sad, very dark, very depressing. And we're going to talk about them. So the world loved Megan um, basically going into this wedding. You know, there were some hard times. There were some things going on. But they were like, I think the regular people of the world were very excited for this wedding, especially people of color. We're like, oh, my God, finally, like. One thing that you will hear repeated over and over if you watch the documentary is that they were finally like, holy shit, like the Commonwealth looks more like Meghan than Harry. And so to see somebody like Meghan marry into this family, it was like, oh, my God, finally, like the Commonwealth is represented. Like there are a lot of people of color in the Commonwealth. And when you're your representatives of your Commonwealth are these rich straight white people it's very like I would I would I could only imagine what that's like that it's just like okay cool great awesome love that you don't fucking represent us in any way shape or form um so to have Megan in there really meant something you could tell in the documentary to a lot of people um 115,000 people um came to Windsor to watch the wedding That's not including, obviously, the fact that it was a global event. It was on every news station. It was on every TV program. It was everywhere. Um, Harry's dad was very supportive of Meghan and Harry and really, like, was completely supportive of whatever they wanted for their wedding. And their wedding was definitely very different than other royal weddings that had happened before theirs. Obviously, we know that Megan and her dad had a huge falling out that happened. And then her dad was not able to come to the wedding to walk her down the aisle. So they reached out to, um, you'll see me say Prince Charles versus King Charles. Just, I'm doing my best because obviously he just became King Charles. But at the time he was a prince. But King Charles now um, was asked to walk Megan down the aisle. And he was very charming and very graceful about that and was very happy to do that for Megan. Um, and they had a gospel choir at their wedding. It was a all black choir called the kingdom choir. And that had never happened before. And that, and then the person that sang as Megan walked down the aisle, those were all people in groups that were helped and picked by King Charles. He helped Harry find them. He helped Harry in supporting them, um, and wanting to have those things at their wedding. So it was definitely supported by Harry's dad. And as I've watched a lot of TikToks going back and forth about who is kind of to blame for all the bullshit that kind of happened to them, it seems to me like the Queen and King Charles um, knew a lot of things, but also were very naive in what they thought the public and the press would do to Harry and Meghan and didn't really understand that. And so I don't necessarily... I go back and forth with wondering if King Charles was actually really out there enabling the issues and enabling the problems, or was he naive and was he 
holding back and just being, I don't know, like I go back and forth because I don't understand how he can be so cruel and so nasty and put these horrible things out for his son and for his daughter-in-law. But then at the same time, walk Megan down the aisle and then allow, and like, I don't, I hate saying this, but literally allow a all black choir to be at their wedding. I'm just like, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to understand that. It's very, very like confusing to me. Um, but anyway, so they cut the cake with a sword. Elton John sang at their wedding. Everybody and their mother who was famous was at this wedding. Um, they, their first dance was land, uh, land of a thousand dances. And Megan wanted to make sure that she had a very fun, upbeat playlist that they could dance to and they danced all night and they had so much fun and then after uh, the wedding they stayed in a cottage that was next to Kensington Palace instead of uh, staying in the palace they didn't want to they wanted to have a very intimate experience together after they had gotten married they did not want to be in the public eye they didn't want to be around everybody they didn't want to be a part of the pomp and circumstance so they decided that they were going to stay at the cottage next to Kensington Palace which also makes me laugh because it's like please don't tell me that you did not have servers or servants and waitresses and all these people at least still taking care of you give me a fucking break <laughs> um so Megan and the Queen um started doing their royal tours together and uh one of the first tours that Megan did was with the Queen and a lot of people could tell from photographs, from videos, that Megan and the Queen had a different relationship than other members of the family. When they would take photos and videos of the two of them together, you would notice the Queen would be smiling and would be giggling and Megan seemed to be making her laugh. And overall, they had a great relationship. And Megan said that she didn't necessarily, she understood, again, the pomp and circumstance of who this woman was and that she is the Queen of England. But she treated her more like Harry's grandmother and treated her very gently and kindly and honored her in that way. And that, I think, is why they come off like they actually had a relationship versus the way the queen sometimes acts with some other people in the family. So the, one of the first things that they ever did was they went to a... Um, they went to a... It was the one-year memory of the Grenfell fire. I hope I'm saying that right. So an apartment building where it is, um, that is basically deprived of any help and support is near, is near one of the richest areas in London. Um, this happened in June for on June 14th of 2017, 72 deaths, um, uh, of this whole immigrant, uh, basically apartment unit, I guess you could say was on fire because um of if i remember correctly you know it's one of those situations that happen you hear about it happening in new york a lot where these fires start in these buildings that are not up to code not taken care of but they're literally right next to these apartments of fucking filthy rich ass people that are getting taken care of and it's kind of disgusting and megan wanted to help these families that had been displaced um, eight or nine months, she actually visited them and supported them and helped them in a local mosque. Um, all the women um, and, the and part of the immigrant group, they actually went over to a mosque and tried to make dinners and stuff. But they could, if I remember correctly, they could only do it like once a week or something. And Megan didn't like that. She was like, wait a minute. No, that doesn't make any sense. And so for almost nine months, she set out to help them. And she actually didn't real like the queen and the prince charles and all them and the institution she's like i don't think they realized that i was very close with these women and saw them all the time and was always there with them and always supported them and they had a woman talking and, and was interviewed and she was one of the immigrants and uh they were talking back and forth and she was basically saying like she couldn't she couldn't even believe that megan walked in she kissed everybody and in that um in that particular group, you kiss uh, three times on the cheeks and she kissed like 50 people and the, the woman couldn't believe it. And she instantly, Megan wanted to get in and she wanted to help and she wanted to make dinners and lunches and food with um, them. And she got in and she did things and she was there for hours and they actually couldn't believe that she was doing that. They thought she'd pop in, pop out and be like, bye deuces. And she actually stayed there and worked with them. Um, and 
they, Megan started learning that they didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have a lot of help. So Megan decided, why don't we make a cookbook of all your guys' recipes you make and I'll be in there too and we'll sell it and we'll rate and we'll have the money for that. And that was a huge thing for the hub women um, and that particular group. And that was a huge support of Megan that she really, really took initiative on and really wanted to speak upon. And it was something that was outside of what the normal family is used to doing. If you look at, they talk about, if you kind of look at everybody in the family and what their charities are and how they handle the charities versus the way Megan did her charities and what she stood for, they were vastly different than the families. It, there wasn't any pomp and circumstance. Megan got in there. She did things with them. She was there with them, whether that was on her time on, you know, the kind of pomp and circumstance time, she really cared about these people. Um, and they were, she was doing work with groups that they, the monarchy had never done charity work with before. Um, and was doing charity work with people that were of color, that were displaced, that were immigrants, that was Black Lives Matter, like just things that the monarchy wouldn't dip their toe into. So the real issue that really started was in Australia. So Megan um, is pregnant and announced that in Australia she was pregnant and the public really loved them coming off as bigger and more popular than William and Kate. And Megan was supposed to be seen as a side character and Megan and Harry were becoming the most popular outshining William and Kate. And within this whole concept of the Australia tour, that's when they really started to realize, I think, especially the monarchy and William and Kate started to realize that Megan and Harry had a better approval rating, were more popular. People wanted to see more of them. People liked them more. They were more personable. They didn't seem like robots. And the gist of that was they didn't think the monarchy really liked that, that Megan was not supposed to be seen as a main character. You have to understand William and Kate are being bred to be, well, William is being bred to be the king. That is going to be his role. That's how the lineage works. And when the, the, supposedly king and queen of the monarchy are not seen as the most popular, we have an issue. And that became a huge problem for them. Megan and Diana had similar issues with being in the media more than the king and more than William. Uh, and Diana had the same exact issue where she's supposed to be a side character. She's supposed to know her place and that never happened. And Megan is kind of the same situation. Um, and we, they started noticing really quickly that there were about 20, uh, Harry had mentioned something about 25 examples of Kate and Megan articles and how they are doing the same exact things with the same exact groups doing pretty much the exact same things. But for whatever reason, Kate's articles versus Megan's articles, the titles are completely different. What they're talking about is completely different. It's not kind. It's not nice. It's cold, 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 cold on Megan's side to the point that it's, it's almost like insane that you can't, like you can't not see it. They called her the difficult duchess. They called her the monstrous Markle. And in the UK, they had talked about how they're not openly racist. So they're not going to run around saying the N word and saying things like that, that they do what's called dog whistling. And they'll say things like she's an angry black woman and she demands so much and she's so difficult to work with. And that just didn't sit well with Harry because that's just not the truth. She was not difficult. If anything they talk about, and I think I'll talk about this soon, is that she didn't want to be difficult. She wanted to be the opposite of difficult. If you look at back, if you look back on photos and videos of her, when she's with the family, she is in muted tones. So she's in tan, she's in brown, she's in black and white. And then when she would be on tours by herself, where she'd be with none of the family members, that's when she would wear color. And so she tried very hard to blend in and be in the background. And you notice in photos, she just either doesn't match the family or she, they're all in these fun, festive colors, and she is not. She constantly wanted to blend into the background, and she didn't want to be a part of that, nor did she ask to be a part of that. It's just how everything kind of came to be. Um, they would associate the mosque that she was helping with. They would say, instead of saying how Megan was helping with those things, they would associate the mosque with ISIS and with terrorists. Um... Harry was very worried that 
she he was starting to notice that Kate that um Megan was having the same issue that Diana had where Diana would cry going to engagements and then they would pull up together five minutes before they stepped out of the car and she would just change her, she would just compose herself completely, wipe her tears away and move on. And this happened, according to Harry, constantly where she would go to event after event after event and she would always be sobbing in the car saying she didn't want to go, how much she hated it. And then five minutes before she had to pull herself together and move on with her life. Uh, They even showed a photo of her crying coming out of a car and it was... It was so sad to stare at. It was so disturbing. And I felt horrible for this woman. So at, uh, at point at towards the end of her pregnancy with Archie, um, she had reached out to her mother and had told her mother that she wanted to kill herself because she thought if she killed herself, then she wouldn't have to have anybody deal with her anymore and have to deal with all this craziness because it seemed it was never ending. And she felt like she was the problem and she was the issue. And if she was just not there and out of Harry's life, everybody would leave her out of it. They would not deal with it anymore. And she wouldn't, there'd be no more issues that it was all Megan's fault. And that if Megan was just gone, everything would be fixed and everything would be better. And Megan's mom had a really hard time with that because clearly that's just not the truth. Um, and Megan became very, very, very depressed and Harry really noticed, again, a a downward spiral that he noticed in his mother. One thing I found extremely refreshing to hear from a man (laughs) was Harry said that instead of acting like a husband, he reacted like a prince and didn't support Megan at times where he would, instead of recognizing her sadness and recognizing her pain, he would say, well, we have to go to these events and we have to do these things. It's part of my life. It's part of what we have to do. So we're just going to have to put a a brave face on when what really he should have done is he should have said, no, we're not doing this until you're better. Um, And Megan tried to get help, but she was not allowed to go get that help. Harry says they knew how bad the monarchy knew how bad it was and the institution knew how bad it was and said that they had come back with, well, all the others dealt with it. Why can't you? But Harry's stance was why not, not just, Again, Harry's stance is very consistent in this whole documentary where he doesn't say just, why does my wife, what does my wife have to do with this? He also says repeatedly, not just his wife, why do any of the women in this family have to deal with this? It's not just her and it's including his mother. It's including Kate. It's including Camilla. It's including all of them. Why do any of them have to deal with this intrusion into their life, whether it's on a smaller scale or a bigger scale. And then also, why do they have to go through mental illness and no one seems to give a shit? And and I found that interesting too, because I think it sometimes you wonder if if they realize the bigger picture, if you if Harry realizes it's not just about him and Megan, that the institution as a whole has a massive problem. And clearly Harry is completely aware that they are not just, they have not just had a history of harming his wife. They've had a history of harming almost every woman in that family. And I'm sure men as well. So they started noticing that the members of the Royals family press teams would start playing against each other. And Harry and William, um, Harry came to the conclusion that they needed to separate their offices and they decided to not work together as a team anymore because clearly there was a lot of mess going on. And you slowly start unraveling that, it seems like William and Kate seem to be the biggest problem in the entire family, let alone the papers and the institution. Um, William and Kate seem, seem to be a huge problem with what's been going on with Meghan and Harry. Uh, Harry speaks about how William's office was planting and trading stories, and Harry didn't want that anymore. And Harry thought that after his mother passed away, that they had agreed getting older that they were not going to do things like that with each other. They weren't going to do things that with the family because it was so dangerous and harmful clearly to their mother. They didn't want that to happen again. And they had made a pact to not let that happen. And clearly that went the fuck out the door. And one thing he mentions, and again, I don't know if I'll mention it more later, but one thing he does mention is that he did go to William and he asked about it and they, and basically it was, well, we didn't know they were planting those stories. And and Harry was kind of like, okay, so you didn't know. That's fine. They did it behind your back. I don't give a crap. Why didn't you go and stop them, though? Now that they're continuing to do it, why didn't you take the time to go and go, no, we're not doing that. I will not be a part of this. I will not be a part of the takedown of my brother and his wife. 
think of something else to fucking talk about. And that never happened. The, his family never went out, never spoke against it, never said anything about it, um, and never tried to stop it. And that really, really, really hurt Harry. So Megan's best friend uh, was very upset and really wanted to put better light to Megan and who she really was. And she happened to know, I believe it was the editor, I believe, of Us Weekly, Us Magazine, whatever it's called now, and decided, hey, me and some of Megan's best friends, let's get together and let's really talk about who Megan really is and how amazing she is and how wonderful she is and how much she's tried to stick up for everybody and she's tried to be there. And they did not tell Megan about doing this. Megan was not involved in this in any way, shape, or form, according to Megan and according to her friends. Um, and they saw good come from it, but it, it was good for like a millisecond. Megan's friends surprised her with a baby shower. Um, but it seemed like no matter what Megan did, whether it was this article that came out about her and her friends, whether it was this amazing baby shower that was thrown by her friends, that was paid for by her friends, it was not paid with taxpayer dollars, which is a huge issue not just with Megan and Harry. It is a huge, huge issue that continues to be talked about with the royal family and if they should even exist because their taxpayer dollars are going to suit these families and their lifestyles. And so the papers wanted to twist and turn that, you know, the only they had the baby shower and it was with taxpayer dollars and it was all this luxury stuff and it wasn't. It was all of her friends paid for it the taxpayers spent no money on it. It wasn't at the palace, but it did not matter. No matter what she did, no matter what they did, it did not matter. They constantly got berated for everything that Megan did. So Harry's grandmother decided that they would allow Harry and Megan to live at Frogmore Cottage. And this was an area where they could get away. They could be by themselves a little bit more and they could kind of be out of the public eye more when they weren't doing their duties of going on tours and things like that and appearances. And Harry and Meghan loved that place. They thought it was so beautiful, so amazing. And they got to have like their kind of peace and quiet. On May 6, 2019, their baby Archie was born. Um, this is the first black prince to ever be born to the monarchy. Um, obviously, he is not fully black. Um, but it, it, again, was a symbol to the Commonwealth of hope that they were going to see something different, um, something more like them in the future. Uh, a couple of things. I, I have my own opinions, which I will say very quickly how I feel about the birthing process in the Royal family. So I don't know a lot of details, but I do know that Megan had a lot of, um, not Megan, Kate, Kate had a lot of issues during her pregnancy. Um, she was extremely, extremely sick during her pregnancy. And the fact that they forced these women to come out within 24 hours, walking out of a hospital after giving birth, not just, but like vaginal birth. Okay. You just shoved a ham out of your voohoo and you're going to force these women to walk out of the hospital to prance their baby around for what it is sick. It is disgusting. It is a horrible tradition. And it is a, if anything is an example of how abusive they are to women in that family, this is the biggest red flag to me. It's always been a red flag to me. I think it is disgusting. So Megan wanted to have her baby in a specific hospital because that was where her doctor was. And they were very much like, no, we can't do that. Because when you guys walk out, we need you to walk out of this hospital on this side because of these streets, because of this. And Megan was very upset about that because again, she had her doctor who she'd been working with the whole time during this pregnancy. And the family didn't care, didn't want to understand it. They all they cared about was the second this baby pops out, you have to show it to the world. And it was very much like a tip for tat. Like we pay your tax dollars. You're going to show us your baby. And that to me is sick and so gross. And again, I've had a C-section. So I know for me, I wouldn't be able to get up within 
24 to 48 hours and show my baby and walk out with my holding my baby. I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was a royal. And that w- that's hard enough. I can't imagine having a vaginal birth and thinking that you could do that too. So Harry and Megan um, showed off Archie two to three days later. And they showed it off at the uh, palace. They didn't show the baby. They didn't show baby Archie off. Um, They didn't show him off in the traditional sense of outside the hospital, like every other uh, member of the monarchy has done. And that was very upsetting to a lot of people, um, mostly in the media. (laughs) I keep going back and forth with wondering if the media fucking hated Meghan and Harry Or if the people of the Commonwealth hated them. Because I don't actually think the people in the country that lived there, that were normal people, I really don't... It doesn't give me the vibe that they actually hated them. It seems to me like very specific racist groups and people hated them. And the news news groups hated them. Which again were like 98% white men. So just something to think about. A picture of a couple leaving the hospital with a baby chimp was posted and said the royal family leaves the hospital. And that very much was, again, another pandering of racist, racism remarks and things that were said. And again, towards a baby, not just towards Meghan and Harry, but to a fucking child, which is so messed up, so disgusting, so crazy. I can't even imagine how triggering it must have been just for Harry alone to almost have deja vu with his mother and the disgusting way that they treated her on one level. And then you add the race card on top of it. It must have been a nightmare to see this basically all happening all over again of being attacked, constantly never ending. So they decided eventually that they needed to have a nanny and they had a woman named Lauren come um, and be the nanny to Archer and Archie. Um, once Megan's mother could no longer be there and stay in help. She stayed, I believe it was like for three months or something like that. And they decided to have Lauren come in and she was so excited, so nervous and they loved her. They were obsessed with her, thought she was incredible. Um, but even she was very overwhelmed and couldn't believe that this was happening. And she also couldn't believe what these two had to deal with on a constant basis and how big the pomp and circumstance and the craziness of Harry and Meghan were in general. South Africa was the first tour that they took with the baby. The fact that they have to bring their baby with them. It's like a thing. It's not just like, oh, we went on a trip and we, we're going to bring Archie with us. It's like a literal thing. It's like the first tour you take with your baby. It's so freaking weird. There's nothing normal about this goddamn family. There's nothing normal. So they go to South Africa And the royal family had decided they were going to do a documentary on their first tour as a family with Harry and Meghan. And Tom was one of the interviewers that had followed them around the whole time. Again, this was not Meghan and Harry's documentary. This was a documentary approved by the royal family about Harry and Meghan. So they're doing it. They're following them around. um, And she, Meghan, was doing an interview with Tom. And Tom, the the guy asked her, and he's the only one that's ever asked her, apparently, according to her, how are you? And in that moment, she admitted that it is hard and she's having a very hard time and it's not going as easy as she thought it would. And they took that clip, which Megan thought was just an, you know, an off the cuff comment, nothing huge, nothing big. It wasn't like she was naming any names. She didn't call anybody out. She didn't say anything crazy. She just said it's been very, very hard. And was, you could tell, a very emotional and was having a hard time. Um, and they took that clip and they fucking ran with it. And so you have on one hand, the family who did not like it, was upset, was had a hard time with it. And then you had all these women going on social media being like, thank you for saying that it's not easy. It's not, if it's not easy for her, then clearly it's not easy for us, for normal people to have babies and try to live our lives and do what we're supposed to do. So from there, Harry and Megan really started to realize that like they were going to have to start having these hard conversations about possibly not being a part of the royal family anymore. 
and where they wanted to live and grow and raise their children because clearly this was not working. And one thing that I, um, I've, again, been watching some TikToks on this. One thing I completely agree with, um, with a lot of different commentators talking was I don't like the, I don't like the narrative that Megan took Harry away. Harry's never wanted to be a part of this family. He literally went to war for years and joined the military to get away from his fucking family. He went to another country year after year after year to be away from his family. And this was all before Megan ever even was a blip on the radar. This man has never, ever wanted to be a part of this family. He has tried desperately to get away from it. He's consistently dated American women. I'm going to take a big assumption here that that has something to do with it too. It's like if I date an American woman, maybe they'll, uh, I can get out. He's never wanted to be in this family in the way that they intend him to be. And he's been good. He has tried. He has tried to follow the rules as best as he could. But clearly he has not, he is like his mother and they both didn't speak to this higher power of the monarchy They've never wanted to. They were never going to. And so the fact that Megan gets blamed for taking him away from this family is absurd. When there is so much unbiased, completely unbiased evidence to completely prove and show this man wanted nothing to do with this family. He hated that. He hates the way this family is. He loves his dad and he loves his brother. And we know this and we know that. But the institution as a whole he clearly has said multiple times how toxic it is, how gross it is, how horrible it is. And he, in the whole documentary, can tell he's never forgiven anybody for what they did to his mother. At the end of the day, the institution killed his mother. The harassment, the way they allowed the media to just go out there and harass this woman. It, they were a part of it. And they're doing the same thing to his wife. And I applaud him. No matter how you feel about them and no matter how you feel about Megan, I applaud him for not wanting the same thing to happen again. A lot of people, they see things, they hear things, but they don't do anything. And Harry clearly was not going to allow history to repeat itself and was not going to allow the British media to harass his wife to the point of death. It's not worth it to him and he won't let that happen. So we go on to episode two of uh, part two. And after the wedding, Megan's uh, dad started doing interviews with the press talking about her. And Megan reached out to the queen about getting some advice and they suggested to write him a letter. And the letter was sent to her dad and the handwriting on the delivery didn't seem to be her dad's. And they had a lot of questions about that because Megan couldn't just directly send a letter to her dad. Because then, again, she would be afraid that the media would pick it up and make a whole thing of it. And it would be a whole thing. So she sent it to, I believe she said it was her agent. Was that who it was? Or her manager or something in California, I think. And then they were going to send it to Mexico to her dad, which is where her dad lived. Um, and again, when she got the postage back with the signature saying that it had been received, Megan had noticed that it was not her dad's typical signature that he had and she thought something was off and we learned in part one that a similar thing happened when she was texting her dad where the way that he was speaking and the way that he was typing certain things didn't match up and he she had wondered who was with her dad it's heavily suggested that it was her half-sister samantha the letter got out to the daily mail um and the Daily Mail had wanted to put this letter out and they did, but they retracted and took sentences and words and parts of the letter out to break up certain narratives, to break up certain context um, and make Megan look really, 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 really bad. And it was a massive invasion of privacy. It was illegal. And so they decided that... They were going to sit down with lawyers and senior members of the family. They requested to take legal action and the family never did it. They never did anything. And Megan had asked multiple times, have you done anything? Have you said anything? Are we going anywhere with this? This isn't okay. We shouldn't be letting this happen. This is very, very bad. 
and nothing happened. The royal family did absolutely nothing. So Meghan and Harry went out on their own and they got their own legal advice and they decided to sue the Daily Mail. Hence why the Daily Mail fucking hates their guts and has always hated their guts and has motive to hate their guts. Um, so Megan and Harry decided that they were not going to live in England anymore, that they were going to move to Vancouver. And so they went to Vancouver Island to get away from the family. They chose to live on a literal fucking island to get completely away from the British media. And so they couldn't, they didn't have to be around the vacuum that was the media and the royal family and how they kind of worked together in this like sick fucked up way. And they wanted to go to Canada, but they didn't want to use taxpayer dollars and they wanted to be away from the media, but still support the queen. So they tried to have a conversation about like, how do we basically do that within the last two years of that? They had already had conversations talking about moving to New Zealand and South South Africa, and this has been planned for years. And the palace actually did sign off on them moving to South Africa, but it got leaked and they had to scrap it because the royal family, somehow it leaked that this was going on. And they had tried multiple times to move away, but stay within the Commonwealth, but it never, it could never happen. So they made the plan to move to Canada and sent paperwork to Harry's father and that if this didn't work, that they were going to relinquish their titles. And his dad asked to put that in writing so that way they could approve it. And it's the only way he's the only person that Megan and Harry are are aware of that knew that if they couldn't move to Canada and it was found out that they were moving to Canada and they knew their address and they knew all this shit that they could not keep moving like this. They can't keep doing this anymore. They did not want to be, they wanted to serve his grandmother, but they didn't want to be a part of the frenzy that comes along with it. So they were trying to, Harry was trying to find a happy balance of how do we get away from the media, but also serve the Commonwealth and also serve my grandmother because I love, he, Harry loves his grandmother and wanted to do good by her. Um, they made plans to see the queen who was supposedly free when they were going to come back from Canada and they were going to come see her. And Megan, then as they are about to get on the plane um, to see her, all of a sudden they have security tell them that, oh, actually the queen can't see you. Uh, she's busy. And Harry's like, I just talked to her to, like on the phone. And she said that she was fine to see us and that she would come see us. But then all of a sudden now she can't see us and oh, she's busy. And his grandmother was like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was busy. They just, everybody here told me I was, which tells me that the queen just basically like puts a dress on and just goes where she's supposed to go. Like, I don't necessarily think that maybe the queen actually knows where she's going, knows what her agenda is for the day. She kind of just gets told every morning. She goes, all right, that works. And the tabloids found out about the proposal of them moving to Canada and not possibly being in the royal family anymore. And Harry knew that this had something to do with his dad's office and William's office because they sent that directly to the father. So they connect that his father and the office had sent this somehow to the press. And that's how the press found out about them in Canada. And once that happened, it was a fucking shit show. Harry and Megan put out a statement saying that they are stepping away from their duties and stepping away from being financially taken care of by the Commonwealth. The tabloids said that the queen didn't know. And according to Megan and Harry, that is not true. They'd had conversations. They told them the family this they've, they'd said multiple times, if we cannot make this work, this is what we're doing because I have to keep my family safe. And so that was a huge conflict, a massive conflict. Um, Megan left Canada and then all of a sudden the family was okay, um, with them having a meeting with Harry. So I think when, um, okay. So there was a trip that happened and Megan couldn't go. I don't fully remember. Um, Megan couldn't go. And so, but Harry could, and all of a sudden now they can have this family meeting and finally talk about everything without Megan there, 
which really upset, you could tell, really pissed Megan off. Because literally the reason why all this shit was happening is because of the harassment of Megan. But she can't be there to speak for herself and she can't be there to have the conversations and that really, really upset her. And so the media knew about this meeting. Like it was the fucking Congress and Senate getting together in America. Like somehow knew this was going on and knew it was going to be at Sandringham, which was a huge, beautiful place and memories for Harry and Meghan. And the media just sat outside and treated this like it was the biggest news event ever. So it was William, Harry, his dad, and the queen. And they all had a meeting. And basically Harry was given five options. He said one being that he could be all in and the other four, he was all out. Charles and William yelled at Harry and the queen just sat there quietly and watched according to Harry. The queen chose to protect the institution and no plan was agreed upon when they left. At the point of leaving, Harry and William and Charles and the queen had no agreement made, not one. As he's leaving, as Harry's leaving, a joint statement was put out about how Harry and William were fine and were working together. And Harry says that he did not agree to that at all. He didn't even know that a statement was going out about him and William working together and that it was complete bullshit. And he had nothing to do with that statement. And that angered him so much. And that was kind of like the last straw of like, clearly you guys don't get it. So screw you. We eventually start talking to people from the company called Bot Sentinel and Bot Sentinel did research and showed a report that a handful of accounts were responsible for the vast majority towards the hate that was actually going towards Megan and Harry. 70% came from only 83 accounts that went to 17 million people, extremely coordinated people in extremely coordinated groups. It was worse than anything that they'd ever seen with MAGA, with ISIS, with any terrorist group. It's mostly, weirdly enough, was middle-aged white women making these accounts and having these disgusting things to say about them. Um, and that Samantha, her half-sister, was a huge motivator and actually had 11 separate accounts to the point that Bot Sentinel had a report to Twitter saying that she is a part of the hate group attacking Megan. And what Harry and Megan keep reiterating was it's one thing to have trolls on the internet talk about you because it's just people that are petty and stupid and racist and have no relevancy. But when mainstream media takes those tweets and takes those things and takes what's being said, that is racist, that is sick and disgusting from these groups of terrorist humans and pushing it out into mainstream media. That was the big issue that he had is it was perpetuated by the mainstream media, by the Daily Mail, by the Sun, by all these stupid ass British tabloid groups. And Meghan and Harry did the last week of their obligations. And that's when Meghan decided, you know what? I'm not going to hide anymore. I'm going to wear colors. And she wore as many bright colors as humanly possible to make sure that she could kind of go out with a bang because she was so used to being in the background, being muted, being quiet. And she was like, you know what? I'm not going to be with you guys anymore. So I'm going to do what I want and I'm not going to stand in the background anymore. I'm going to stand up for myself. And I thought that was so funny and so awesome. And I kind of loved it. They had an event called Commonwealth Day at Westminster Abbey. And that was the first time that Meghan and Harry had seen the family since the announcement that they were separating from the monarchy and said that they were very, very cold to Meghan and Harry. And they were um, actually not a part of the procession because they were no longer going to be a part of the family. Um, they had, Megan had to leave that night um, to go home to go see Archie, I believe it was, because she didn't want to be away from him. And the pilot had, um, on the plane, had knelt down, looked at her and said, thank you for everything you did for this country. And Megan started crying. And when she got off the plane, um, she said that she had, uh, started sobbing and fallen into the security guards arms and this, and the security guard, um, 
was like, you did everything you could. You, you did everything you could. There's nothing else you could have done. And Megan was very disappointed in herself because she tried everything to fit into this family. And they just didn't, it didn't matter what she did. It didn't matter how hard she tried. It was never going to, it was just never going to work. And that hit her very, 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 very hard. Um, but she also felt appreciative that somebody noticed that she tried. And that's where I feel like the separation of the Commonwealth and the media and the Royal family. I don't think the Commonwealth hated her. I think the media made out this hor horrendous story. I think the monarchy made these horrible stories and treated her like shit. But I think the Commonwealth saw her for who she was and loved and really did love her. And once they left the monarchy, other parts of the Commonwealth actually decided to do the same thing. In 2021, Barbados decided to step away from having the queen as their head of state. And more countries are deciding to go in that direction. So clearly Meghan and Harry started something. And it's unraveling. And it's going to continue to unravel. And when uh, Queen Elizabeth passed away, a big conversation was, do we even need the monarchy anymore? Because so many people didn't want Prince Charles to be king. And that became a huge conversation. And at the end of this episode, uh, one thing that Megan was concerned about um, was, are we still going to have security even though we are not royals and I'm part of the royal family anymore. And Harry was like, no, no, no. They would, my family would never do that to us. That's dark and twisted and un unreasonable. It's never going to happen. Um, and it did. It happened immediately. The second they were not part of this family anymore, they took security and ripped it away from them. And this was not just during a random time of the year. This is right during COVID. COVID had started and Everybody knew where they lived in Vancouver and that's when um, additional shit really started hitting the fan and when Harry started noticing how dark the family really started to get. So in part three, we basically learn about the escape plan here. And as everybody knows, Tyler Perry is a part of this escape plan. <laughs> so Tyler Perry had actually never met Megan, but sent her a letter and had said, you know, had kind of noticed everything that was going on in her life at a distance and grew up with Diana and saw what happened to her and basically reached out and was like, if you ever need anything, give me a call. Let me know. So years later, Megan took him up on that offer and called him and basically was sobbing and talked about what was going on, how everything was horrible. She didn't know what to do. And Tyler had seen again, what had happened to Diana and saw that there was such a similarity and that, there needed to not be history repeating itself again. And so Tyler saw that Megan and Harry had been abused by this family. Tyler asked how he could help. Um, and he saw that they needed to leave and they needed security. So he took them in, gave them security and let them stay until they got on their feet. Um, and he, they were only expecting to live there for a week and Tyler said, no, you're going to live here as long as you want. And they were there for six weeks before even one person on the planet knew they were there. Nobody knew they were there. Nobody knew that they were living with Tyler. They were all by themselves, got to do their own thing, got to walk along, along the way. And because of COVID, nobody was out and about. So they got to go to places with security and no one saw them. No one knew anything about them. And they said it was the most incredible, amazing time that they had with them, with just the two of them and with their son. And the fact that they got away with it for six weeks, that's almost two months. That's insane that no one on the planet knew where they were. And it worked out beautifully. But of course, out of all the fucking assholes that found out where they were, it was the Daily Mail that found out where they were and instantly instantly called that shit right out. Tyler Perry said he has never had an issue with security, never had an issue with people around his property, never had an issue with people breaking into his property until he had Megan and Harry on his property to the point that they had to build walls and fences because the paparazzis were getting on hills and taking photos and there were helicopters and drones. Helicopters and drones. For what? Like, what do you think the fuck is going to happen? 
So during all this, excuse me, I had to take a drink. So they finally decided that they, okay, we're going to get our own security. We're going to get our own house and we're going to get our own land and we're going to have our own sanctuary. So they decided they were going to move to Santa Barbara. So the day that they moved to Santa Barbara, her best friend came over and noticed that Megan looked just so off. And that was when Megan had a miscarriage and she had it the first day that they moved to their new place. And Harry blames the stress from the lawsuit with the Daily Mail, from the harassment that they had been going through, and for being caught by the Daily Mail living in L.A. He blames the Daily Mail for the miscarriage. He said, clearly, I can't prove it. Clearly, there's no scientific proof that they did this to my wife. But the amount of stress they put my wife under, the amount of abuse they put my wife under, the amount of garbage my wife has had to deal with, you tell me. If that doesn't connect to my wife having a miscarriage. So that kind of added even more and more and more and more and more to the pain and the suffering that they had been going through, which was so sad and so depressing part of the documentary. I'm not going to lie. When you clearly want, clearly they wanted a family, they wanted kids, but they had been harassed to a point that when you get harassed that much and suffer something like that, I cannot even imagine how Megan could like move on daily in her life. I don't know how the two of them are. I honestly don't know how the two of them have gotten through any of the crap they've gone through. And people want to say, Oh my God, they're rich. They're famous. Get the fuck over it. You look at people like Amanda Bynes, Britney Spears, um, all these women that have been abused Just because you're rich and famous doesn't mean you get to be abused by the media and abused by paparazzi and abused by us as viewers. Like they owe us something. There are some things that they do owe us, you know, but it's like their life, like blood donations, DNA, social security numbers. Like, I don't know about that one. So they start focusing heavily more on their foundations Um, They focused on the Archwell Foundation and giving and supporting and being there and giving back. And the royal family ended up putting an article out about Megan and how, oh, she wasn't bullied. Everything was fine. And they did this in correspondence with the Oprah interview. And Megan really thought that they were going to do this interview and they were going to heavily, it was going to shed a light on mental health and mental awareness and what Megan had gone through. But it became extremely instantly about race again and heavily about her race and how um the monarchy is racist and there's a, a point where there's an interview there there's like an interviewer and William's leaving some type of thing and the guy's like is the monarchy racist the monarchy's racist and he's like no they're not and it's like mm, I don't know about that one I think they're very naive to race uh, we see a clip of Megan getting a text from Beyonce. And I was like, excuse me? And Harry, like, joking, being like, oh, my God, it's Beyonce. I thought that was really funny. They, like, my thing about Megan and Harry is, like, again, like, if you want to criticize them in the sense of, like, oh, my God, this is, you know, money, full of shit, blah, 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 blah. These two seem like they're best friends. They seem to get along really well with each other. They seem to have each other's back. They support each other. They love each other. And they just feel like two people that are best friends that are in love and get to share life together. And they absolutely love it. And I don't know why people cannot seem to see that. And I don't understand why the media gets to spin their story about these two. But when these two finally want to talk about it and they finally want to speak up for themselves, they're money grabbers. They, you know, they never shut up about themselves, blah, 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 blah. They did shut up about themselves. They didn't talk about themselves for years. For years, they didn't talk about themselves. They didn't, they didn't do anything to help themselves. They stepped back and they let the monarchy and they let the institution and the media completely annihilate them for years. It wasn't like they did this from the get-go and was like, let me just show you about my fabulous life. That did not happen. So I don't understand the narrative where they almost are being perceived as the Kardashians. It's like, no, they're sick and tired of being everybody telling their story and continuing to make up a story about them. They're like, hey, why don't we do it? And that started with Oprah 
and being like, yo, this is actually what's going on. This is actually what's happening. We're really tired of everybody else telling our story. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And again, you can criticize Megan. She's an actress. Oh my God, she's an actress. Okay, what does that have to do with anything? Again, they went years without saying anything, without giving like all these weird interviews and articles and stuff like that. It took them being not in the family anymore for them to finally speak up for themselves. Are they not allowed to speak up for themselves and be honest with us and be honest with people and be like, hey, you're all going to make money off my goddamn story. My, I might as well as well because all these people are making all these like the Daily Mail are making millions of dollars off of this lie off of these crazy ass stories and they don't see a dime from it. It's like, come on. How would you feel on June 4th? Um, their daughter was born. Um, Serena said that, you know, she had realized that they were going to have to make a new life for themselves, that it wasn't going to be their blood relatives anymore, that the family they were going to have to create now is going to be not blood related family and just something a little bit different. Harry seems to be really close with Prince Eugene. I'd like to know more about that and also know about Princess Eugene. Um, I really also I also kind of noticed that Harry constantly has to basically interpret to the lawyer and to Megan how insane his family is like there's a point where Megan is reaming just, nobody specifically she's just kind of like yelling and she's very upset about everything that was going on with the Daily Mail and her lawyer was like I don't understand like I don't get it and Harry has to be like this is what the family does this is what the institution does this is what the media does here is why I'm not saying I agree with it I know you're right but this is what's happening and he has to constantly do that in this entire documentary. He has to constantly not just interpret to them, but also to us, the insanity of his family. Megan ended up winning against the Daily Mail and they had to put a retraction. And the funny thing was, is the retraction that they put in the Daily Mail was at the very bottom <laughs> of, the, of the thing of the like uh, mail that day of the newspaper. Sorry, that day, which was so funny. It's like, oh, don't put that on the front fucking page. Um, Megan and Ashley end up reconnecting. And Ashley is around her kids now more um, and is a part of their family. And Megan said that that's not going to change. Um and yeah, I mean, you guys, I'm, I've missed, I'm sure I missed a crap ton in there. There's a, there's so much more to unpack and look at and all that stuff, but I don't want to go on for too long. I kind of want to keep this around an hour, but the gist that I got from the whole thing, you guys, is that at what point are you going to allow other people to tell your story, whether you're famous, whether you're you know, an average everyday person, at what point are you going to let other people tell your story and you have no say in it and you're going to allow them to make money off it? You're going to allow them to make fame off of it. You're going to allow them to just say whatever the fuck they want. At what point do you stand up for yourself and go, we're not doing this anymore? I, I am proud of them for getting away from the family from not having taxpayer dollars pay for their lives, their lifestyle anymore. And because of that, you guys, they have to work. They have to be something. They have to do something. They have foundations. They can't just run off and go away. They have to do things to support their family and support their lifestyle and have security and have the people around them. That's the other thing. People want to give them shit about the whole security situation. If you learn more about the Twitter situation and the threats that they had, people wanted to kill Megan. It wasn't just, I hate her. She sucks. It was people directly saying they wanted to murder her. Okay, they needed security, not just because they're famous, but because there was wackos out there that wanted to murder her. You know, like, people need to grasp that and understand the whole essence of their situation and stop putting it all the way down to like this tiny little easy thing. There's so much nuance to it. There's so much craziness to it. And I I just don't, we'll find out one day, obviously we'll be, I could be proven wrong. They don't give off fame horse to me. They give off that they want to take their fame and they want to use it for the betterment of the world of their life, for their children's lives. 
They don't want it just because of the pomp and circumstance and stupidity of it all. You don't see them out partying, acting stupid, doing dumb shit, you guys. They they have, I mean, for God's sakes, Megan's podcast isn't even about her. They're like, oh my God, look at her with her podcast. Her podcast isn't about her. Her podcast is about other people. It's like, give them a fucking break. What are they supposed to do? Like, I don't know what you want these people to do. It's very odd, you know. I, again, I understand that this is going to be from their point of view. And again, there's nuances in there. But this is a consistent story that Megan and Harry have consistently told. They haven't changed their opinions on things. They haven't changed their story. It's been the same story for a couple years now. And we've seen the horrible things that have come out of the monarchy and that disgusting, fucked up family. I mean, connect the dots. Connect the dots. But it's up to you guys on what you think and what you feel and what you believe. And I encourage you to have your feelings and have your beliefs, but also don't be dangerous with them. Don't harm people with them. And to be open-minded as I try to be open-minded as well. Um, but it was a cool documentary. It was a casual. It wasn't that dark and that deep. It had its horrible moments and its sad moments. Um, but it was nothing, I guess, I wouldn't, I guess it was dark, but it wasn't anything I don't think none of us already didn't know. So, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed my commentary on it. Follow me on TikTok, obviously. We're trying to get to a thousand followers. So that way we can start doing lives. And I appreciate your guys' support. And I hope you enjoyed this two-part series of me talking about the documentary. Have a great day, guys. Bye.